like if you follow enough people that say similar things that do similar things just by virtue of associating your thoughts with those people you're like this is what i want to do this is what i'd like to do going on brother how are you come on baby good to see you good man i'm good i'm good Glad how am i coming you. in how's my audio you're looking good you're sounding good all right cool. let me fix one thing yeah your setup looks different did you switch things around yeah i moved my desk i just rotated it cool. I, well, I got rotated. my sparkling water i'm ready to rock Hell yeah, man. I got I got everything around me, man. I got a protein shake here. I got a cup of coffee. I got a water. I'm settled in, man. Well, let's get it. What have you been up to? Oh, man. Not much. Just been uh, working away. And uh, I'm doing 75 hard right now. So sticking to that and uh, just training in jujitsu and keeping up with the podcast as much as I can. I actually ended, I got, I got COVID at the beginning of this week, man. So it kind of slowed me down a bit, but I, um, still got my workouts done, force fed myself through the nutrition and, uh, bounced back pretty quick, man. Dude, that's what it's all about. I mean, that just, that's mindset right there. 99% 99% of people, 99% of people wouldn't even try 75 hard, but 99% of people that knew that you were trying 75 hard would say, oh, you have COVID. Surely you can. No, you can't. It doesn't matter. That's the point of COVID is to make sure that you don't crack on 75 hard. Uh, before 75 hard, did you have, to have a specific training regimen or were you just, you know, being in the gym and, and eating right, you know, just intentionally, you know, with your mind? Yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, I've been really focused on just improving in jujitsu since I started. I was like, I just want to get better at that. So all of my, uh, all of my, like, uh, regiment of seventy five hard is to improve that specifically. So it's all like cardio based, flexibility based, body weight exercises, and obviously jujitsu every night for the most part. So it's um. It's really different, man. It's so super different than how I used to train. I used to do a lot of like uh, bodybuilding type stuff. I was always running and cycling, but I uh, I hardly touch weights now, man. It's like maybe once, twice, three times a week, but now it's a lot more like pull-ups, push-ups, more body weight stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I really enjoy this type of training, man. My body feels like it's at its peak right now i was gonna ask how that affected your you know your internal state oh dude i you know it's um when you have like uh, a disciplined regimen especially around nutrition especially around exercise and you don't compromise on that it's viewed as unhealthy right like you have people that are like Oh, don't like, don't you think it's more about balance? Don't you think you can have this little snack right now, this little bit of sugar or, or there's times where they're like, don't you think that your body needs to rest? Like you're probably breaking it down too much. Like it's probably not good for you, but then test like life throws tests to you. Like it did for me this week. 
and uh, Monday morning you wake up and I, I've had COVID before. I knew I had COVID the second I woke up. I was like, the way that my body feels right now, the, the body aches and the joint pain and the headache, this is COVID for sure. But, you know, the, the, the fact that I just like, I was like, well, this is going to suck. I obviously don't want to go for this run. I don't want to go for this bike ride. I don't want to do this workout. Uh, it's going to suck. My joints already hurt. You know, most people would be like, just rest. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try and get some blood flow going, get some nutrients into these joints and these muscles and, and, uh, Epsom hot Epsom salt baths, gallon of water every day, vitamins. And, and within a day and a half, you know, like where everyone else would take a week or two weeks to recover the people around me that I see, it's like a day and a half, two days bounce back. It's kind of like, you know, you can, you can read about everything in a book or you can live it in real life and experience it and, 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 um, know for sure what makes you feel good. You know, it's like, it's the act of adherence. That's far more important than whatever result people are trying to tell you to get. Let's put aside the physical result you get from working out and eating right and whatnot. It's adhering to not breaking that is so much more valuable than let's just assume for a second that working out every day while you're sick is bad for you. Okay. Well, what's worse for you doing that or breaking the promise to yourself that you would do it regardless. I know that if you break the promise to yourself, it doesn't matter what you do on the other end because you're not gonna be able to stick to it. You might be able to work out you know, in the right healthy way. That's why I don't listen to that. I, I've talked so much about this in my content, in my life. I mean, I've lived it. Balance is not healthy. What people believe is balance in, in uh, North America and Canada, US, Western Europe, whatever, the dominant global culture is horrible. Yeah. Going to work, working a job you hate and then unwinding on the weekends with drugs and alcohol and hooking up, that's a balanced life, right? That's fucked up. Like, that's horrible. That causes chemical imbalance. So I I'm not down with that. Also, the people that were telling you that, were they in particularly good shape or they, they make a lot of money? They happy individuals, confident? Yeah, I mean, like it's a mixed bag. But yeah, I, 100%, I know exactly where you're going with that, man. It's a, I, I, um, uh, the entire time, especially when I get sick, when you're sick and injured is when people are always like, they're like, oh, I'm going to solicit some free advice for you. And it's like, man, I, I know how to make my body feel good. You know, like I, I know I feel optimal. If I wasn't able to work out twice a day, every single day of my life while working in construction, then I maybe come ask for tips, but like, I feel good, you know, like, so it's, it's like, I'm not, there's always room to improve, but there's also things like, it's like, um, these are the same people that complain to you about their body aches and their health. And it's, it's like projection. <laughs> Mark, don't do this is Mark. You doing this makes me feel a certain mm -hmm. way about not doing it. So I want you to do what I'm doing because I see you doing it and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, dude, don't, play, the way I, I don't play any of that shit. Now, if someone's super jacked, super fit, really successful, extremely happy, very wealthy, abundant with amazing results. Told me, you know, what you're doing isn't going to work. Well, then I might listen, you know, if they have results in the field, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, the, the way I look at it is like, especially with, uh, sickness, sometimes with injury as well. It's like physically, I know I'm not going to feel good. Like I've already, yeah, that's fucking 
that's point proven. I know I'm not going to feel good. So what can I do mentally to make myself feel good? Am I going to feel good at the end of the day if I sit on the couch all day, play video games and and do the whole rest and recovery that everyone else thinks is a thing? Or am I going to feel better if I make sure I stretch for an hour, go for a, go for like a light jog. If I can't run at least a light jog, like just try and do what I can do. Like, wouldn't I feel better if I just read a little bit of a book instead of watched a movie? Like I, I'd like, if, if I know for sure, there's, I'm not going to feel good physically. It's like, how can I lock down that? I'm going to make sure that I, I can look back at this day and be like, well, I did what I could do. Yeah. Physical discomfort is unavoidable. And the physical discomfort that everyone thinks is actually com- is with the physical com- discomfort that most people sign up for is the one of being unhealthy physically, but they want you to not, you know, they want to call out the other side. I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. Either you're physically uncomfortable because you worked out a lot and maybe are restricted on calories or you're physically uncomfortable because you didn't work out and you're overweight and unhappy. So that's unavoidable. But what isn't unavoidable is the mental discomfort. And you just nailed, you hit the nail on the head. And dude, after you finish 75 hard, it's going to be that much better than you did it with COVID. How many days do you have left? Um, I think I'm on day 40 right now, but uh, I'm not a hundred. Good. More than halfway there. There's no way you'll quit now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. This is a, uh, it's like almost a part of my routine now. I've done it once a year for the last couple of years now. I think this is my fourth time doing it. And um, yeah, every time, like even the, the mental conditioning that you go through when you've done it, like when I woke up on Monday morning and I felt what I felt, I was like, today's a test day. I knew this was bound to come. Like the, not every day is going to be fucking easy everything according to plan you know there's going to be days where it's like here's a little fucking knuckleball you know and you got to know when it is like i mean those are the days that matter i think last time we chatted maybe it was the first time we chatted you mentioned that you had gotten into an automobile situation and your way (laughs) of dealing dealing with that was going to train right everyone gets into automobile situations my homeboy gavin he got into a wreck like his car was totaled and the program that he runs saved his ass. You had an issue with the automobile door months down the line. You were able to laugh at it, but I guarantee you weren't laughing at it then. I mean, it's just, it's about testing perspective. We are tested every day. If we're able to keep perspective on the test and we pass it and we literally laugh about it, that laugh was not forced. You are now able to laugh about it months later, but had you cracked on it and done, gone back to using whatever, you would have not been laughing. You know, if you had gone run to the bottle, you would be very sad right now and very ashamed and embarrassed about your conduct, but no. It's, 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 dude, it's all tests. Every day there are tests. Uh, you know, Action Bronson, of all people, I saw a clip of him being interviewed and, and the guy said, you know, how frequently do you fail? And he said, you know, I fail every day. You know, we fail ourselves every day. And I wouldn't take it that far. He's a pretty extreme dude. And you can look at his physical, you know, he's probably 150 pounds overweight. So maybe he does fail himself every day, but someone in that position who has clearly worked extremely hard for probably 20 years, you know, he's been in the rap game for damn near 20 years to, to say that it, it shows the perspective that a successful individual needs to have. Action Bronson clearly is a very strong mindset, despite being extremely overweight. He does work out a lot. He has a ton of money, he's self-made. He came from nothing, immigrant parents and all that. Um, and he's able to keep perspective even while admitting to failing. So Failure, test, perspective, all of these things are so important and it's so easy for people to lose to lose all that. And just, you know, dude, the amount of zombies I see on the street, I was at my nephew's ball game early today and 
these people, they, they're not even tested. They're just in smoking spice K2, even legal weed and all the other shit. Like if you're not fighting the test, you're going to fail them. And you're not going to fail them in the same way that a famous successful person, abundant person fails them. You just fail them all the time. And then you tell yourself that voice when you wake up with COVID is, well, what did I used to say? Um, of course, this is happening. That used to be one of my negative mantras. You know, whenever opposition would enter my life or the project wouldn't work out or she wouldn't respond to my text or whatever it was, I would always tell myself, of course, this is happening, which is the most pussy behavior. Nobody is ever going to succeed if you tell yourself that. And you could have told yourself that, you know, you, I'm sure you were tested other times. Dude, I get tested every goddamn day. Someone was smoking a cigarette on the subway, like a degenerate homeless person was smoking a cigarette on the subway car today and uh, i had a violent urge and that was a test did i act on it of course not i'm also not really that dude but the disrespect to smoke a cigarette in a subway uh crowded subway car almost overwhelmed me and i was like so it's just test after test after test i mean this person was whacked out they were not they were not really with it but that's what it is if we choose to pass the test then it's our level up and and if we fail it well then we're fucked that's awesome. That's hilarious. How's your How's your car these days? Oh man, she's running much better. Good. Yeah, she got uh, I yeah, the door's back on. Everything's good to go with the truck, man. That's good what's up. Know. I saw a great clip. Was that you and your girlfriend when she's like, "Well, I wish you would, you know, take it easy on your routine," and you're like, "No, no, yeah. no," like every word, no, no, dude. That's what it takes. Not people that are not like us. I, I'm assuming your girlfriend is a more of a normal individual like a, a regular person, they can't get it. And I don't know her at all. I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but there is a difference between men and women. That's obvious. And also people that are willing to partner with extreme individuals, such as you and I, there's going to be another level of difference. Like I understand that people cut from this cloth are not easy to be around in a certain degree, but what other option do we have? You want me to be easy around by drinking? Like you want, you want that version of me where I'm, you know, happy, you know, all that shit. And I'm not speaking ill about your girlfriend or anyone else, but I did like that you put that up and you were not letting her break your routine. What, <laughs> or, what is a man like you or what is a man like, like me without a routine? That's what we yeah. are. I, I, um, yeah, dude, I, I'm lost without my routine. I have no idea how people function. Well, the thing is, dude, I'll, I'll say this. I was about to say, I have no idea how people function without routine, but everyone has routine. It's just what your routine actually consists of. It's like, does your routine serve you or are you just serving this fucking random uh, like flow of dopamine rush that comes from whatever addictive behaviors you're chasing? Or are you, or or is your routine serving you? Does every behavioral pattern that you have in your routine, is it working towards a common goal? Like the the problem I feel like is uh, a lot of people they have their life, their routine set up, and it's scattered. It's all over the place. And and like one thing that they do is like, okay, this is working towards a career. And then later that day, they go out and they fuck around with their friends. They do drugs, they drink, et cetera. And it's like, well, that's going in a different direction now. And then the next thing they do is they they watch a documentary. They want to learn something. And then they go off in this direction. And then what do they do the next day? Oh, I, you know, whatever they fucking do. I don't even know what people fucking do other than like hang out and party and drink. But, you know, that all of these things that they're doing, they're going in all these different directions. And then they're wondering, why am I never going anywhere? Why do I feel fucked? Why am I confused? Why am I anxious? Why, like, why does this feel like there's no point to it? It's like, cause you're not going anywhere. 
Like you're everything you do is like a step this direction, a step that direction. And you're probably making a lot of steps, but you're not going far. It's about it's, monotasking. If you multitask, you're doing a little. Also, the, the, the more frequently we engage in activity, the better we become at it. So it's not just you're not going to get you'll get much more done in three months than 90 separate days. If you do three months of something straight, there's compounding effect, become more efficient at it. And it adds, you know, it's both additive and multiplicative. That's probably the best way of putting it. So three, 75 days straight of living well, you're going to have greater results than 75 days of living well in an entire year where the other 300 or other 280 days you live like shit or 290 days you live like shit and you have 75 good days. That's what the beauty of 75 hard beauty of mindset training, um, and, and lifestyle training is, yeah, you're putting all these things back to back to back instead of what you're describing where you're doing this and then you go do something else. I mean, that's the work week. That's why I cannot stand the work week because it's the same thing you just described. You are being productive, at least in some ways, for five days, being extremely unproductive for two days, or you are focusing on developing yourself for this amount of time and then you go do this. Then, you know, you're a responsible parent or loved one or someone during the day. And then at night, uh, Mr. Hyde comes out and you're cheating and using and fucking around. And it's like, it's just... People are being pulled in, in a million different directions. Their energy is not focused on a particular goal and they then they can never achieve and they can never progress. And then the worst part is I deal with people who then say, well, this, is, this isn't for me. Programming like this isn't for me. This can't work. Dude, you didn't fucking do it. This happens so frequently. The most frequent excuse I get is this isn't working or it isn't going to work out. It's like, bro, you didn't fucking do it. I gave you a list of things to do and you didn't do it. So don't say this isn't working because you didn't work it. You copped a plea. You made an excuse. You decided that you'd rather do this instead of what I told you to do. That's why it isn't working. It's not the program. It's people's adherence or lack of adherence to it. You could have so easily said, well, 75 hard doesn't work if you have COVID. No, no, it does if you choose to. So <laughs> the energy thing is real. People need to stay focused and we're just distracted you know, you can do anything with this you want. You can do anything on the street you want. And it's the options that are narcotizing. It has a narcotizing effect where you're lulled into this sense that it's okay to be, try to be everything for everyone. And people never end up being, the more you are for other people or to other people, the less you are to yourself. So if you're the party guy for this group of friends, you're the responsible worker over here, you're the loyal family man, then you're the adulterer, like sexy guy, Don Juan. And who are you? Who are you to yourself? If you are just what I, who I am is, I I do not draw a line between who I am and what I do. So who I am and what I do for everyone is the same at all levels of my existence. And then I don't have any identity crisis because I simply am the person that does these things for everyone. You know, my life is an open book. I'm not ashamed of anything I do. I'm not performing in a particular manner except when I have to earn money because you, when you're working for, I'm sure you can't be at the job site saying, you fucking retard. Why did you go drinking last week? Like you can't really <laughs> say that. Um, but otherwise I am exactly who I am for everyone. But the guy that you're describing that's saying one step this way and one step this way, well, they're performing in all these different manners. It's no wonder they're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes from a, a lack of vision of self or a lack of a, awareness of what a desired identity would be, because I feel like a lot of the times we think uh, we we just like a lot of people are wandering and it wasn't until I actually like sat down and wrote out like this is the type of man that I want to be. This is um, 
these are the qualities I'd like to have. This is what I'd like other people to view me as. This is what I'd like to view myself as. This is, you know, there's the surface level stuff where people are like, oh yeah, I wrote down like where I want to live and what I want to do for a living and and uh, when I want to achieve it by. And that stuff's good to visualize and to aim towards. But then really asking yourself like, okay, then you start to deep dive into yourself. It's like, what do I want to look like? Do I want to, do I want to look in the mirror with, with my shirts off and I'm about to step in the shower and it's just me. And do I want to look at myself and think like, what the fuck's under that layer of fat? What the, like, was I meant to be this? Is this the image that God had for me? Is this what I had for myself when I was seven years old? And I thought about me as a man, is this what I thought it would be? And then you look at that. And so you start to visualize, okay, how do I want to look? How do I want to appear to to myself and those around me? What do I want my haircut to look like? What do I want my outfits to look like? But then you deep dive even deeper and you're like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to react to my loved ones? How do I want to react when, when my partner comes to me and says that they're going through something fucked up, that they've just lost a family member? How, who do I want to be in that moment? Who do I want to be when my dad passes away or when my mom passes away or when my best friend has their parent pass away like who do i want to be in that moment and then understanding like deep diving into that your actions become clear because you're like i have this clear vision of who i'm going to be and that person wouldn't do this thing that person would do that's that the biggest thing. thing right isn't that interesting that we can it's wild. You mentioned video games earlier. When you're creating a video game character, you are one is literally selecting attributes. Uh, individual of our demographic, let's say between 15 and 30 and 40 years old, is so good at creating video game characters. They care so much about the attributes. And if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you choose literally choose your alignment, whether you are lawful, good to chaotic evil. You are willing to choose the morality of your character. But a man in his own life is not expected to create any sort of coherent moral narrative for himself. It's absurd, but yes, it's what type of man, and it's it's weird that we have to do this, but the way our society is constructed, there aren't a lot of ways to orient our lives. So we have to literally decide what type of man do I need to be? And we decide that by taking the actions that we wish the man we wish to be to take, which is crazy, but that's the only way to construct it because we're not raised, you know, back in the day, we've talked about like pre-modern society and I want to get back to the what you consider, you know, the conspiracy situations that were on the same line. But in pre-modern societies, you could sort of choose a route. You know, you could be the warrior dude and you would go talk to the dude with like his face blown off from like battle and like one arm. And then you, if you want to be like the spiritualist, there would be a shaman that was good with herbs. And if you wanted to be like the builder type guy, like, like you are like then you go to the dude that designed the village and like you could create sort of your own way but we live in cultural homogeneity where there's essentially one way to be raised by zero to two parents go to this brainwashed school vaccinated with god knows what eat this garbage food live these horrible lives be narcotized with food porn porn booze drugs dating apps and then you have no morality you you're, you are a moral individual it, from the hours of 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then you're this amoral fuck from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Like it's, it's insane. People are so much more 
liable to create. And I used to play a lot of video games and I used to love the character creation. It's so fascinating. I love that you brought that up because I used to adore the character creation part of video games. And it's that was just a sublimated urge to create my own character. And after I learned how to create my own character by being a man of character, bro, it was on. And, and I urge everyone listening to understand that you can create your own character in yourself. Shit, if you want to be evil, well, then goddamn, it doesn't take much effort. But if you want to create a lawful good character or someone with moral fortitude, all you have to do is align your actions with that future and create the man that would look in the mirror and say, damn, this looks good. Shit, I always dreamed of being in shape. I always dreamed of being in shape. And I didn't know how until I learned how. And it's about being a man of character and not overdoing consumption and focusing and, you know, being in alignment and working out regularly and creating character. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, dude. I think GTA nailed it when they made. I think it was San Andreas with the with with when you wanted your character to look more jacked, you had to go to the gym in the game and you had to do workouts and shit. And That's so like, postmodern. That is the most postmodern thing. I didn't but, play that, nor did I know. But the fact that a lot of people, gamers who are by virtue of the fact that they are gaming, sitting on their asses, getting fatter, would then invest their time to have their simulated avatar to go to a simulated gym. Baudrillard would have a field day with that. That, <laughs> that, that is, that's that's wild. You but know, or bro, like sport, or like sports video games. A lot of unhealthy people play sports video games. It's not even. Oh, dude! And even in uh, in like two K, uh, I think it was two K nineteen was one of the last ones, or maybe two K twenty, with the NBA and you create your own character and it's the same thing man like you're like trying to get drafted into the nba you start in college leagues and then you're like climbing up the ranks kind of thing but you have to go to the gym and like do drills like you're doing like footwork drills in the video game and it's like to improve your character's stats and it's like dude it's so crazy how they caught on to the same dopamine systems that reward us when we work out and they figured out how to virtualize it. So it's, it's like shocking. you get the mental benefit without getting the physical benefit. It's shocking. And and to be frank, like if we're talking about video games, there are certain video games, you know, for lack of a better word, that would be impossible. If you if you talk about a fantasy video game, like I don't know any way of, of learning the fireball spell. I don't know any way of like slaying kobolds and goblins and shit. So that's well, at least one you. level. <laughs> that's at least one level of simulated reality. But when you have a simulated reality that you, the viewer, could actually do, like you could go do footwork drills, you could go practice field goal kicking in football, you could learn how to be decent at soccer. To me, that's the most shocking because then we're simulating activities that could be done. You can't cast lightning level four. So there's some excuse there to escape, you know, but that's escapism. But then you're escaping with the sports video games, you're escaping or the working out video games, you're escaping into something that you could actually escape to in real life. Then we're really getting sort of at the end point of civilization. And I'm concerned about the future for men because right now the expectation is to be an escapist, is to live the life of someone else is to be a voyeur into, I mean, you know, you know the deal. There are so many people that watch our content and I love the fact that there are so many people that watch our content, but that doesn't do it enough. That doesn't do enough. Working out in the video game does not do enough. 
practicing your field goals in the video game doesn't do enough. Watching other people's stories on IG doesn't do enough. You too can do it. Everyone can do it. And you don't have to be a psycho about it and post every day of the week like I do and post all of your meals and all of your workouts and all of your mindset tips like I do. But you, if one gets so much value from observing the lives of others on IG, what does that mean? What if you actually implemented those tips in your life? How much more value would you get there? Being inspired, I'm actually not down with being inspired. I mean, I think it's the, the best thing you can do is inspire others, but I'm almost like pissed about inspiring people if they aren't acting on it. Because then I like, and maybe this speaks to a growth area for me, then I actually get kind of, out of bent of shape, kind of bent out of shape because for me to inspire anyone isn't enough. What does that do? What great, they're inspired. Okay, well, if you're inspired and then you go work out, well, holy shit, that's the best feeling in the world. You're inspired to eat, uh, you know, chicken and vegetables or turkey and vegetables or tofu and vegetables or a lean steak and a protein shake for dinner. Holy shit, then I'm happy. But people hit me up and they say that's, that I inspire them. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, are you know, are you willing to change your life? And they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm like, then fuck you. What does that do? Then you're just, then you're just a voyeur. You might as well be inspired by a nature documentary, inspired by a channel. You know, it's not enough. It's not enough to simply play the video game or watch the video game of someone else's life. We have to be engaged. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, uh, I assure you, man. The the longer that you do it, the more that you um, you'll realize that the people that are actually making a lot of drastic changes in their life, they. This, and this is just maybe one thing that I've noticed. It's rare that they reach out because they're out doing shit. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Influenced. There's like there's like times where like I'll I'll bump into somebody that I haven't seen in a long time, and maybe they've been doing something, or you know they've made a lot of progress in a certain area in their life, and they're like, oh yeah, like. I uh I really like connect with like a lot of the things you talk about. Like I I don't know how we like disconnected because we think the exact same way now. Like we we speak the same way, we think about the same things, like we're concerned about the same things. There there's um even sometimes like it's like, oh, we do similar jobs or we do similar like it's it's so crazy how you'll see someone turn their life around and yeah, maybe I didn't like fucking shove them in the right direction. But maybe I had like a small, like, maybe I, maybe I was like a little gust of wind in their journey, you know, like, it's like, maybe you helped 1% or 2%. Yeah. And the truth is the truly, the truly abundant individual, and this speaks to, you know, another area that, that we're working on, the truly abundant individual would not care. The truly abundant individual would, it would be doing it for themselves. But because we, we live in a world or I use Instagram as a tool where people are able to reach out to me, you know, it, it would almost be easier for me if, if, if. There was no intake allowed. You know, everyone was just constantly projecting all the time. But, you know, because I have people reaching out, then I get caught. I'm like, dude, like, you can do it too. Like, that's what I'm trying to get across. Look at my before photo. That person was the least able individual. And I know that our message is out there and is the gust of wind helping people and is influencing people. And yeah, there probably are a lot of silent people out there that are positively influenced. And everyone is a blessing. You know, don't think that I'm only doing this because I need something from other people. But it, what, what I'm trying to get across is that I see the pain in someone saying that they are inspired without taking action, because I know the person that says that they are inspired and don't take action is bring that same attitude around their friends and family, which is that they'll tell them, Hey, I'm going to do this and then not take action. And that's probably a better way of putting it. Um, 
than just, you know, getting bent out of shape over it. Cause I know that, you know, we owe it to our people. I was such a liability. I mentioned I was with my family earlier. I mean, I used to be such a liability. I could not be around them without just being so resentful and just awful and just negative and whatnot. And, you know, that's why I do it. Cause now I can move freely throughout my life without this massive baggage as this albatross around my neck. It's, it's super liberating. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's like one of those things where, um, like maybe you're the we were talking about like maybe you're the gust of wind that just like pushes a little bit in the right direction i always think of it like um trying to think of a actually i don't always think of this that's why it's kind of difficult for me to put words to it right now but what i was thinking is it's kind of like um the more you fill up your cup you're just kind of like spilling over you know just like you're just spilling over and you're giving like kind of almost like when you're driven and you're disciplined and you're positive and you're not overwhelmed by little inconveniences or anxieties or stressors anything like that it it flows out to other people and so just by like virtue of association with positive people and and motivated people and disciplined people you'll you'll think oh this person does this they look happy i'm going to do that or maybe it's even just like they follow enough people like if you follow enough people that say similar things that do similar things just by virtue of associating your thoughts with those people you're like this is what i want to do this is what i'd like to do but it, that's only if you're like those people are overflowing with that energy and positivity the problem is like we let our cups get so low and then it becomes empty. Your container's empty. But then we still get lower than that. And when you become emptier than empty, you're a vacuum. So when you're like around other people, all you're doing is just sucking their positive energy away. Because you're just this like vacuum. There's like void of positivity. So you just suck everyone else's positivity out as well. That's the needy individual. The guy that comes around and the or the woman that comes around. I call them crisis people. You know, they're around and it's immediately a problem. Immediately. They're losing their wallet and their phone off and they're behind on rent. They are always sick and doing nothing about it. They have some issue. You know, they show up to work in this awful manner. They're at the family gathering hungover. They're just, there's always an issue. And then because we love them or we tell ourselves that we love them, or maybe we just have to work with them, then we feel compelled to absorb some of that bullshit. But yeah, we fill our own cups and then we're able to fill others. But these people, their cup is empty. And so they have to fill from others' cups. I'll never do that again. That was the worst feeling of my life is always having an issue. I mean, in my relationships, it was quite common. You know, I was drinking and smoking and fucking around and being an idiot. So I was a massive drain on my partner. My most recent relationship in particular, she made more. She gave more. I was taking, I was fucked up. I wasn't, I was sleeping in, I wasn't working out. And so I was just absorbing all this stuff from, from no wonder it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and the, the thing with relationships too, especially like uh, intimate relationships, like it's, um, I feel like it's more of like a constant, like you got to check where your cup's at because with relationships, man, it doesn't matter. Like, I know like it's it's very easy um for one person to usually be all good but for both people to like be f- highly functioning and highly like positive, optimistic, uh disciplined, etc. it's uh 
it's almost a rarity sometimes for those two things to link up because I, I feel like it's just like uh, when you, and this is just my view of relationships. When you get in a relationship, it's two halves becoming one whole, right? That's the way I view it at least. And I know that to keep that balance in check, there's always going to be someone who's got like an ebb, and you know, like a, a, a downward trajectory of their energy levels, of their discipline levels, of their happiness, of their positivity. And so like, it's kind of like a constant checking in and you have to be aware if you don't do inventory checks, you don't like check in with how much you have left in your tank, then that's where the issue is. Cause like, man, not all of us are firing at all cylinders every single day, but when you're in a relationship, it's like, you're, you're supposed to have someone that has your back so that you can fire extra when they're lower down on energy levels. And then when you're lower down on energy levels, they can fill you up as well. But like, if Absolutely. you're not if you're not like aware of those levels, like you're not aware of your own or your partner's levels, you're going to be like trying to bleed blood from a rock sometimes, or you're going to be like pouring into a cup that's already full. That's why it takes intent. That's why we have to increase our abundance or else intent versus just doing randomly. Are you still with the person you were with last time we spoke? Yeah. Yeah. I've been with Teddy for years. I just want, you know, cause we're talking about relationships side. I don't know. I don't know enough. Maybe I should I should creep more on you on your IG before I hop on here. But, all good, man. All good. But, yeah, no. I so live with I, it. I ask that because is that something that you are actively doing in your relationship? Or are you just two both so attuned to each other that you can tell what's going on? Or do you have some like system? Because I know a lot of couples will literally talk to each other once a day saying, you know, I'm coming home from work. I am at a this, you know, like stay the fuck away from me. Or, and the other person will say, you know, I'm having a great day. So, you know, I'm going to cook dinner, clean, whatever. Like that's God, Lord willing, creator willing. If I enter another relationship, I'm going to bring myself as much abundance as possible and best believe I'm going to be checking in with my person every day to see where they're at. Yeah. For myself person, like for our relationship, it's definitely like we're kind of in tune enough to be like okay there's a sink full of dishes i could flip out of my partner right now i could get annoyed with them i could be frustrated or i can just do these and then ask them how their day is going because obviously there's something wrong you know or like it's never the dishes it's never the yeah. actual dishes. It, it, it never is the thing we see it's always something else but the weak individual i mean i used to freak out when i would see things like that because i was so low no you're right though it's never the dishes yeah so like dishes, laundry, anytime there's like physically a mess, there's usually emotionally something going on as well. But uh, yeah, no, honestly, man, it's not like uh, I'm like a full master of this, man. I'm still a young man. I'm still figuring it out. One of the things that uh, that we do, we have done, though, that I, I'd say is like one of the things that helped save our relationships is a I'm willing to learn about emotions and, and relationships like read books on these types of things and so having the humility as a man to just be like all right emotions sound fruity they sound a little bit things like i want to avoid if i want to not get bullied in high school but like when you become a man then you're like that's the difference between a boy and a man in my eyes is like a boy reacts to his emotions and a man understands them and acts accordingly like that's kind of the difference between the two and then the other thing that we do that that really helps our relationship is like anytime there's like 
you know, one argument, that's fine. But if we have like arguments for multiple days in a row, then what we'll do is we'll schedule what we call a dream life meeting where we'll like sit down and we're like, this is not what I want my life to be. I don't want to argue. I don't want to fucking come home to turmoil. I have enough stress in my life. Like we're supposed to help each other, not add to it. And so like, what does our dream life look like? Like we need to get realigned on the goal and we'll just sit down for like an hour or two and and just re and then after that it's like yeah we might hit road bumps we might have our little like kerfuffles and physical or uh, verbal like kind of like uh altercations here and there but at least we're aligned on a goal and then usually we can catch ourselves in an argument and be like dude this is bad teammates like we're like bad teammates we're on the same team and we're fighting when we could be fighting the opponents really beautiful that's incredibly beautiful. And you talk about emotional reaction. You can have emotional responsiveness. You know, it's reacting versus responding. If you're responding to your emotions, that's positive. If you're reacting to them, that's negative. And what you just described is so healthy. That is such a healthy way of of doing it. Is she sober as well? Yeah, she was sober before me, man. So th- that's that's the biggest thing. How many couples, and I'm including myself, when they have some sort of tension, they break out the bottle of wine, let's go out to dinner, you know, let's have a drink. Let's let's have a drink and talk about it. And it's like the real work is doing it without any of that nonsense. What you just, you know, what is the dream life? Alignment, intentionality, vision. You know, this is incredible. You're still in your 20s, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm 28. So it's, beautiful. it's a beautiful thing. And it, it speaks to wisdom, a wisdom derived from doing a bunch of fuckery. You know, that's that's just a really holistic way of doing it. It's the only way, you know, without that open communication and the argument is never the argument. It's never the dishes. It's never about anything surface level. It's always something much deeper. So that's awesome. Good for you. I'm happy to hear that, that you've figured out the system. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm dude, like I said, I'm still figuring it out. That's just everyone is. We fail daily. At least you're doing it. At least you have a system. At least there's something that you're running to keep yourself moving and not just doing the typical bullshit. Yeah, man. Well, I, I don't know. Like I, um, I got so tired of like being in relationships where you just like, it's just argument after argument after argument. And it's like horrible, man. It's like, there's, there's like, I, I've, I've been in those times where you like, you like have to pull over the car and you're like, I'd fucking rather walk. I don't want to do this, man. Like it's so Uh, bad. (laughs) Like it's, it's like, uh, Literally, I've, I've lived like that, and it's like you're you're constantly at war with yourself because you're battling depression and anxiety. You're constantly at war with fucking your partner because you just. Well, you're supposed to be other. loving and in love yeah. with. That's the person you're at war with. Your closest person. Like, what does yeah, that say they, about you? What does that say they, about a man or a woman if they are at war with the person closest to them? Meanwhile, the real battle, which is all of this, is still raging. Yet you choose to devote your energy to that person it's crazy yeah it's just like a life of turmoil and i've lived like that and it's especially when you're dealing with depression and anxiety it's like man if you're having someone else just like you get home from from whatever you do during the day you just got your balls kicked in by steel-toed shoes you're just like completely fucked you're like fuck this world and then you get home and someone's like hey by the way you're fucked Everything you do is fucked up. You don't even do the right things. When you try and do things, you do them wrong. You're triggering me. I'm never, I'm (laughs) single forever intentionally. You're triggering me now. 
and then it's like man you just like i'm like i've got nothing i'm fucked like i just get beat up verbally and physically all day like it's like that's not where you want to live man that's especially when you're already mentally battling with yourself it's like dude it's it's but you're better off being single and just having one voice beat you up and have it be your own and what you just described is is the thing and i don't know what it's like in canada i assume it's pretty similar but i think it's 56 percent of american marriages end in divorce oh, so, I'd say it's fucking probably higher in both countries man i'd i'd say more than that but that those are the, right. the recent stat those are the last year 2022 in the u.s it was 56 percent so and what you just and then a lot of the people that do stay together shouldn't and they're at war so obviously the 56 percent were at war else they wouldn't have gotten divorced and some percent of the 44 percent that stayed together are also at war so what you just described is so common and what we're doing in living a particular way is breaking that i'm not going to be at war with anyone else because i don't want to be at war with myself but some people are so people are and i said this in my reel today people are so used to the pain they know relationship pain, job pain, physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, financial pain, life pain, love pain, that they would hew to that. They would choose the pain they know over the potential discomfort of something they don't know. So, okay, well, I hate my husband. I, I'm not happy with my wife. Um, I dislike the situation I'm in, but I'm not going to be just uncomfortable and trying to work through it. So I'm just going to sit with my arms crossed for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, literally. And then the other people, well, this is too difficult to work through. Let's just break up. And then other people that aren't married yet, well, I don't know how to process, this is me. I don't know how to properly communicate my needs, wants, desires, and feelings. So I'm just going to fuck around in my relationship and be at war with myself after. So, or you can just have the difficult conversation. What's really going on? Is there something I could be doing better? But dude, what you just described about getting your ass kicked at work, coming home and getting yelled at is so triggering for me and i think for a lot of other guys too yeah i don't know i i feel like everyone can relate to that for sure but there's just uh especially if you work a physical job and you come home and you're just like fuck man. i the reason it's it's like you use the word triggering for you like for so many people is because we've all fucking been there and no doubt like, my first job in new york after moving back was uh managing a warehouse i was working in a windowless room i you know i was hauling boxes of produce it was cool it was a local food job it was it was ethically and spiritually aligned with what i desired but it was extremely physical the room the area i was working in was uninsulated so it was blazing hot during the summer and extremely cold in the winter i'm talking damn near sub-zero temperatures it was probably in the 40s so we'd work with our full outer gear on i'd have a bib lined pants uh long johns uh, sweatshirt, a pullover, and then a parka, two layers of gloves, because we were handling business. I mean, we were it was in the 30s in this room. And yeah, we were packing produce, you know, local food, New York City food waste. It was a job I loved. But I was hauling 40, 50, 60 pound cases of this from X to Y. And then I would come home. I wasn't good in my relationship. I wasn't happy. And I would get yelled at and nagged. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? What is happening right now? Like, it, it, it becomes an existential crisis. A man's existence is essentially defined by his relationships, relationships to himself, relationships to his partner, relationships to creation, relationships to his job. So if your relationships are screwed, what, you know, that's where the crisis comes in. No yeah. wonder I was smoking weed and drinking and, and using drugs and fucking around. My relationships were in the gutter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I uh I think as well, like it kind of comes full circle back to that clip that you're talking about when um and, and actually it relates as well to what you were talking about with emotional needs and attachment needs and and um when you think you see that clip of uh like my girlfriend and I joking around on the couch and she's like, Can you take one day? Can you take one hour? Can you take and I'm sitting there and I'm like, No, no, no. You you take a snapshot of a conversation like that, and you what what a lot of people would see and say is like one of them is going to have to compromise. One of them is going to have to compromise. Either the man will have to break his routine, or the woman will have to just get used to it and and find a way to be in that routine. And the real answer is is laying in the emotional and the attachment like. Uh, necessities of each person because someone sticking to their routine doesn't take away from somebody else there it is but but, you're doing that for them not for you but but just because you stay to your routine doesn't mean that you're meeting your your partner's emotional and attachment requirements so Mm. there's other things as well where it's like okay my routine ticks off all of the boxes for me, but I'm only half of this relationship. So it's like, who's, what's my partner need? Oh, they need to know that they're still cared for. They need to know that they're your number one. They need to know that you're going to be there if they fall down. And if they have a doubt of that in their mind, then that's your job to reassure them of that. Because we all know as men, there's always going to be some lingering background thought of like, if I don't have this money, if I don't have this physique, if I don't have this, if I don't have that, is she going to leave me like everyone else did? And so you're going to need that reassurance as well one day, at least once. Everyone has their faults. And so like it's it's like the, the reason I say that is because like you can stick to your routine and I've done that. I, I'm pretty good at sticking to my routine. The last like three years, I, I haven't altered much. And you can have a super good relationship with yourself and then be in a relationship where you're still not present. You're still not providing because you're not, you're only considering your own needs when you develop that routine. And do you get what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying conceptually. And I would counter with this. What good are we to others if we are not the best we can be for ourselves and there is some selfishness there but it's it's a being it's being egotistical in a positive way like objective ego you know selfish to be selfless yes exactly because i know that if i don't like occasionally if i half-ass my workout or i eat something i really shouldn't have or i have a anger problem if I lash out, that's a really serious one for me. I mean, that happens. That's my character break. That's more frequent than any of the others combined. So if I, if I lash out and yell, or I say something smart or like, cause I go in on people, you know, it, it, it's, it's ugly. Um, and I feel regretful. That means I've broken character. Right. So what good. And then I'm horrible. Then I'm like a fucking wreck for hours until I pay off the karmic debt. So what good am I to the world? And I'm not partnered. So I can't really speak on how good would I be to my wife or, or fiance or girlfriend or woman or whatever, but I, conceptually, how good will I be, could I be if I'm bad to myself? And obviously I'm going to be bad to myself if I'm taking back steps and breaking character. That's what I say. But 
but I hear what you're saying as well. We need to be present, accountable uh, to our partners. It's, you know, it's part of our responsibility as men. I just don't see myself being as good and as present to someone if I am breaking my character willingly. And I hate to make, I'm not interested in making anyone do anything. I don't want to make anyone do anything. I don't want to force anyone to do anything. That's why I know my next relationship will be self-selected. There will be someone that enters my orbit that will say, hey, this person has what I'm looking for. Maybe they see my content or whatever. They're around me in person. And it's going to be self-selected. I'm not chasing anything. And in doing so, I'm going to make sure that that person is okay with who I am. So I don't have to alter my situation. Because if I start altering my situation, I know what a wreck I become. That's at least for me. Um, And, you know, I just don't know what good we can be to the world if we aren't the best possible thing we can be to ourselves. 100%. Yeah, no. And I wouldn't recommend somebody taking away from their routine if they have something that suits uh, everything that they need. What I'm saying is not to take away from your routine, but to add to it. Mm. It's like, it's like, no, you've got extra work to do. You've got another person now. It's not just you. So you got to do everything that you had to do before. And then you have to add to it. You also have to make time to go for walks with somebody and, and hold hands. And, you know, you also have to make time to watch movies sometimes with them. You also have to make time, not just to meal prep for yourself and make sure you stick to your meal plan. You have to meal prep for someone else sometimes. So you're going to have to make sure that you're sticking to the plan and they're sticking to the plan. Like it's like your workload increases. It's not like you're substituting, Oh, I'm going to skip my workout to go for a walk with my girl. It's like, now I'm going to get up earlier so I can get my workout in and then I'm going to treat my lady right and go for a walk with her, spend time with her. Like It's like you're adding to your workload. And then once you have kids, there's another load. It's like, I don't have kids yet, so I'm still juggling this. But it's like, once you get married, you have kids, then it's like, well, now you have to stick to your routine. Then you have to add on your wife. Then you have to add on your kids. It's like... It's not like life's ever going to get easier. It's going to get harder and harder and harder. And you're going to have to get stronger and get better balance. That's why we train harder. That's why it's progressive overload in every way. We are progressively overloading our weaknesses with with these things. I'm just glad you're able to make it. I'm glad you're able to make it work. You know, I can't. That's something I can't speak to because I've traveled alone. You know, I turned my life around almost three years ago. It'll be three years in January. And uh, I've been intentionally single, you know, I haven't, I've gone on a few dates and casual hangouts and whatnot, but nothing really serious. And I think that's a big factor as to how I've been able to travel so far and so quickly is because I haven't had to deal with that massive uh, overload, the progressive overload, overload of tailoring, you know, further tailoring it to another person. Well, that's great that you've been able to do it. But dude, it's the same journey. That's the thing. Like when I, before I had even gotten into my relationship a few years back, I was I was doing the same routine already. And when her and I had reconnected because we had a fling before years ago, before we got we started dating, I had reestablished my life. I had rebuilt I, I was already like in the process. And I was I remember saying to my roommate, my best friend at the time, and I said to him, I don't want to get in a relationship. Like I'm too scared to lose everything I've just got in my life. Like I just started feeling good again and feeling happy and like I'm on the right path. Like I don't want to add to that. It's, it's scary. Like, and it's, uh, I'm already like, I'm already trying to balance this. Like, I don't want to add to it. And 
it ended up like uh yeah she she ended up doing 75 hard right as we were starting a date and she was like look like uh i know that this is who you are and this is what i value and so like if you're not ready for it i'm gonna keep fucking doing 75 hard and doing my shit and i was like oh maybe this is someone i need to be around more like it was like that so for me like it's like um you have to have like you said it's progressive overload right it's only way forward it's and not honestly, like you that, could be in a relationship and then be like, okay, now we're going to have kids and then we're going to start doing all of these things. It's like, it, that's like setting yourself up with a 500 pound squat your first day in the gym. It's like, let's slow down. Like, how about you, you know, let's learn the basics, take care of yourself, then take care of yourself and one other person, then take care of a small tribe. Like that's how it works. You can't skip steps. You could try, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, the slow way is the fast way, and the fast way gets you nowhere. That's you know, you have to master yourself. You have to master your habits. You have to slowly, steadily increase your routine, and yeah, yeah, dude, it's a it's a trip, man. But I like it, dude. I don't think uh, I don't think we're supposed to have it figured out i think it's an endless journey of just like figuring out you can't figure out every problem you just can figure out what you're dealing with right now <laughs> let's talk conspiracies I, mean? I want to yeah, let's just shift the gears for a minute what yeah, are your thoughts yeah. what's what um what are your thoughts on latest conspiracies what's on your mind conspiratorially oh man what do you think I, the latest psyop is uh I think um hmm. I do gotta try and wrap this up by one thirty here or uh four thirty okay. for you. But I, I we will, got twenty four yeah, minutes got, to talk about we got the new world order. <laughs> yeah, we got a bit of time. I think um I don't know how deep to get into this, man. I think that it's 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 a wild world and I think that North America, especially America, but we kind of ride off your coattails. So I'd say that North America in general. Uh, I think that uh, it's an odd coincidence that every single generation of men uh, have some reason to be slaughtered in a foreign country. I think that that's um, the 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 strongest the the ones with the biggest sense of pride and patriotism and uh, the most willing to stand up for what they believe in get slaughtered. And every single generation of men in the last, like, I don't know, since the inception of North America. And uh, I think that there's a reason why these things are being slaughtered, both on foreign lands and then socially and and, um, kind of through our systems that we have here on our own land. And uh, there's a reason why the strongest, the proudest, the the most patriotic, the most willing to stand up for what they believe in, the most willing to stand up for others um, and to stand up for freedom are all being killed. I think that there's um, there's a an odd shift of uh, attention in this world going on right now. Of, Where is the... Where is the slaughter outside of these lands for for North American men for this generation? 
Um, well, I'd say for the yeah, since the mid nineties, it's been the Middle East. Oh, okay. So you're including like the war in Iraq, war in Afghanistan. Hundred percent. Every gotcha. single generation, dude. If you think about from World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War, like every single like uh Desert Storm, War in Iraq, War in Afghanistan, War in Ukraine, War in Israel, War War Gaza Strip, War like there's for some reason, I don't know why it is, but every single generation of men, every five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. We need more men. We need the strongest men. We need the most patriotic men. We need the most, the the people that are going to stand up and liberate this group from that group or that guy from this group. And we're willing to sacrifice our, our strongest and most uh, useful men in, in uh, society for uh, citizens of another country. And look, man, I, I love people. I love all people. I don't want anyone to suffer. I think war is the most evil thing in the world. And I don't know how that could be a controversial idea uh, that wars are evil and they're the productivity of evil and they generate more evil. And um, for some reason, there's this uh, cull of, of masculine men every single year. And we're willing to cull them to save other people yet we're not willing to spend a fraction of that energy effort finance on saving the people that you know walk the streets of new york or walk the streets of vancouver we're willing to die for foreign people and we're not willing to take care of the people that we live next to and um it's uh that's kind of my view on things right now it's an it's interesting sad. take it's definitely an interesting take and we see it eye to eye on a lot of a lot of things including most of what you just laid out I would agree with. Now, I think that the greatest motivating factor for war is what's euphemistically described in this country as national security interests, which means economic interests. And that, you know, World War II is the greatest economic project this country's ever had. And it created an addiction to war spending and the development of military budget. And with that, you kind of need war in order to justify having however many billions and and billions on war. Unfortunately, war takes manpower. So there, that aspect of it. Where we might diverge is, and this is funny because when we talked about this the first time, I was talking about the hell of the food system and an awful way that it's set up. And then we were agreed, agreed, agreed. And then at the point, I think where we may have had a slight difference of opinion is that you believe that there was a cabal setting these things up. And I looked at it more symptomatically where I said, okay, well, this is just symptomatic of a system set up to fuck its inhabitants. And then your take was, this is symptomatic of a system set up by a group to fuck its inhabitants. So we essentially do see eye to eye on this. The war thing, it is interesting that the strongest and most abundant men are shipped off to die or become addicted or come back and kill themselves. You know, that that is interesting. And these men would likely pay, pose the greatest threat to internal security. I do, I do think that is pretty fucked up. You know, the perpetual war, I think U.S. troops were fighting in Afghanistan for 20 years. The war in Iraq was not successful, and that was for, shit, is it still going on? Like, Afghanistan war, it's 20 years, we've got nothing done. You know, the war in Iraq, 
which was a fake war based on fake intelligence and lies and all this shit, cost hundreds of thousands, literally, of Iraqi lives and untold numbers, you know, tens of thousands of American lives might still be going on. And it did nothing but create a security vacuum for ISIS to step into. I just, where I get caught up is, well, I mean, billionaires, governments, and heads of industry, they're all the same, and they all work in concert to support each other's mutual interests. So I will agree with you that billionaires, heads of government, heads of industry, they're the same class, and they do things to support their interests, which is war. War is the greatest thing for rich people. It is the greatest thing for governments. It is great. The Israel and whatever, but Israel had a horrible, fractious governmental situation. These All these different parties, they couldn't get aligned. They're in war now. They formed a unified government. It's the only thing that would have unified all of the people, the parliamentarians in Israel is war. Now they have war. And what do you know? They all see eye to eye now to go slaughter. So it's definitely yeah. an issue, you know, in terms of its thing as a psyop. I would agree. I would think that the war in Iraq was a psyop. The way the American public was lied to and the Canadian public was lied to about Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden, that was definitely a psyop. And and I'll say this, that the mental health crisis among young men and the wide, and the rise of certain shifts in the employment market and the education market is very swiftly denaturing men's ability to achieve. And this is why men have such massive issues. The dating marketplace, the work marketplace, mental health marketplace, all of these things are skewing away from young men. And I'm not a fucking incel booster who's somehow going to say, woe is me. But I think we need to honestly, maybe this can be the talk of uh, of our next chat, is the crisis of masculinity and the crisis of the young men's crisis. Most men are simply ignored. You know, they, they don't really exist in a public sphere. And I know that it's just so hard to speak about. This is toxically radioactive discussion. I'm not talking about toxic masculinity. I'm talking about a discussion that is very challenging for us to engage in because it runs so counter to the dominant narrative. I don't want anything to exist that harms anyone. And we talked about this with hookup culture. Hookup culture doesn't just harm women. It's extremely harmful for men too. Mental health crisis harms everyone. An unequal job market harms everyone. An unequal education marketplace harms everyone. Uh, the fact that the vast majority of men have don't have access to certain things that men used to have access to, that harms everyone. The fact that you know men are killing themselves in record numbers, that harms everyone. So I'm not, you know, people really need to understand that it, we're not men's, Mark and I are not, men's rights activists we are men who want everyone to be okay with themselves and and it's it is very challenging to talk about these things because it is radioactive to speak about these things openly yeah yeah i think that it's designed to be like that man i think that anything that um anything that you hear about for the most part especially here in canada bro because we aren't even allowed to I don't know if you know about what our government's fucking doing right now, but it's like we're pretty much in full tyranny, man. Uh, that's the way. What's, that ha what's happening? It. Have I been missing out? Lay it on me. Oh, hundred percent, bro. Uh, we're we're uh, tyrannized in many different ways here, um, mostly economically, um, just in terms of tax taxes and how much we pay for everything. If you were to see how much gas was here for, like, just to fill up my truck, you'd you'd fucking throw up but um i'd say one of the biggest things uh that we've had to deal with recently is our government now um it's kind of a long 
weird legislative move that to explain, but basically, um, put it this way. Uh, I'll try and do this in a short amount of time, but think of it this way. Uh, America obviously produces a lot of better things than Canada does just based off of sheer number of people and money, right? Dollar amount and money. And uh, the amount of people you have, obviously, you can generate more talented people. Not like talent, the talent is bigger, but you have more talented people because you have more people. Right. And so, proportionally, yeah. Right. And so, you guys have way better shows, way better movies, way better music. Like, I mean, disproportionately across the media that we view, it's American. There's the odd, like, we come up with a lot of good comedians and actors, but other than that, like you guys kind of nail it with music, with movies, with TV shows, everything like that. And so in the back in the nineties, early two thousands, I think it was, they uh, put legislation on um, radios and televisions that to protect Canadian content such that it wasn't just like, everything run by American companies because American companies function in Canada as well um, to protect Canadian companies, uh, Canadian content, Canadian media. There was a quota of like, okay, a TV channel like MTV uh, has to show a certain amount of their content has to be from Canadian artists has to be, uh, you know, same with t- like movies, TV shows, everything like that. So broadcasting, anything like that, so that we don't fully adopt uh, Americanized culture. Uh, there's this weird ancient, uh, since our country's been incepted, so it's not ancient, this like part of Canadian culture of like not being American. It's kind of this weird thing. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. But you would do something and you'd be like, oh, such an American thing. Like, we kind of tease Americans the same way that South Park has their Canadians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's it's kind of like this thing. And and so, like, the government says we need to protect Canadian media, Canadian content creators, Canadian, etc. So that's, like, back in the 90s. And when I explain this to Canadians, I say things like, do you remember the show Yvonne of the Yukon or Angela Anaconda or these little things like Canadian shows that were shitty cartoons that no one really watched, but everyone knew about because it was on all the time. And you're like, who watches this? It's like, oh, they had to play those things. They were forced to play Canadian content and that's all there was. And so now... This um and, and there's a lot of protections on not just content like that, but like we have laws that regulate our milk so that like a lot of people where I live, you could just drive south of the border and buy milk way cheaper in Washington state. And so to protect Canadian dairy farmers, there was like a bunch of legislation going on about how milk got here, how it was processed. I've heard about that. Yeah. So it protects that. So there are still small dairies that are allowed to survive because they can produce at the smallest scale. Right, right. So there is some weird gray areas because then it begs the question of what classifies it as being Canadian. What if they have uh, 
immigrants, whether they're American or whatever, what if they have immigrants working for them? What if those people get into management? What if they get into ownership? Is it still a Canadian company if it's being operated by Canadians on American soil? Is it still, there's all these weird gray areas of what makes it Canadian then? What makes it Canadian versus American? Fast forward 20, 25 years, whatever. Now we have... um Justin Trudeau, our beautiful tyrant here. And he comes up with this bill with uh, our communist government basically saying um, they're going to start regulating streaming services and social media sites the same way that they regulate TV because nobody's listening to the radio, nobody's watching TV, they're all on their phones. So we have to get the same legislation in line with social media now and with streaming sites. Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, all of these types of things. And then it starts saying that, you know, you guys need to start shaping your algorithms around our new legislation to fit, you know, so that people are seeing enough Canadian news stories and not being brainwashed by American propaganda. We want to keep it homegrown propaganda, right? And so uh, now, uh, if your location is in Canada, you're subject now to have your algorithms set to boost um, content that is in the heart of Canada, uh, of uh, in the good spirits of Canadian content, and anything that is not in the good spirits of Canadian content that pushes a Canadian message verified by the government uh, gets suppressed. And then it went even further so that the news sites were... Um, basically now being demanded i think it went like this um the conflict ended up looking at looking like this where canadian news broadcasters global news cbt uh, ctv etc whatever your massive media corporations our version of cnn and fox type of stuff they felt like their revenue was being taken from social media because people are getting their news from the media. So there was this beautiful piece of legislation basically saying that social media sites then had to pay a percentage of their revenue to these Canadian media companies because they are now not getting a fair shake because people are watching the news and seeing the news on Instagram rather than clicking off and going to their their sites. And so the government was saying, you guys, social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc., need to pay a percentage to Canadian content to protect them. And then these American social sites said, fuck you. We're not fucking paying you. So now the Canadian government has blocked news on Canadian social media and we can't get it. So if I go to like Fox on my Instagram, I, I can try and show you literally won't let me view any news and it says due to where you are you can't see things like this so it's censored it's censorship yeah yeah so this is local news this is global bc british columbia this is for the province that i live in and i don't know if you can see this on yeah, camera yeah holy cow that's me just looking because up local pay, news they won't pay the government fee so so I can't see 
I can't see news. So yeah, like, that's extortion. That's extortion <laughs> and uh, censorship. But but that's just Damn, one that's... example of how we're being tyrannized in Canada. So as much as um, you know, people in uh especially in america i feel like take it for granted but here as well like it's like uh we we always think like oh dude if you explain that to me two years ago i'd be like there's no fucking way that happened in canada but it's like these things happen these atrocities that we study in 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 history of people being othered and segregated of like there's this group and there's that group and this group is good and that group maybe has some good guys in it but for the most part they're different than us they're bad like every time we look at that in history we're like that shit's fucked up that could never happen and then all of these other things we're like that would never happen it's like oh but we had to do it because of this oh but we had to do it because of this and uh it's crazy to think man um there's a very few differences between uh, Canadian and American uh, laws and protections for individuals, but those differences are the difference between being able to see the news and not of like mm-hmm. free speech, being able to bear arms, those types of things. The uh, be very happy, man. I'm very happy that uh, you guys are so close to us in the States, man, because if shit pops off enough here, I know that uh, I, and like I could pray that we could lean on you guys for help, man. You know what is crazy? I cannot tell you how many people in this country say they'll never do it because people don't actually do anything. Well, if so and so gets reelected, or if this thing happens, or if this thing happens, or on the other side we know, as well, we know who that is that they don't want to be elected. Yeah, or, and not just you know, that's just one example. But if this happens, or if we go to war with this country, or if this occurs, I'm going to Canada. People in this country on the left, the liberals believe that Canada will be their haven if things go the way they don't want it to. And it's funny because in Canada, it seems like the U.S. will be, uh, you know, is spoken about as your haven if things don't go. Uh, U.S. has a lot of room. I mean, Canada has more room, but dude, that sucks. To be honest, like, I'm so disconnected. Obviously, that that sounds tyrannical. It's negative. I know we have just a few minutes left, so we can wrap it up soon. Obviously, that sounds tyrannical. is super negative. But for me, I kind of just had to cut all that shit out. I, I view all of that I honestly believe believe that those things are somewhat um, psyop as well, because think about how much effort and attention those things garner with well-intentioned masculine dudes like you with your mindset and your political beliefs and your views that that is almost like a focal point to rage against for guys like you. And obviously I wouldn't be down with that either. I have had to intentionally cut out I cut a reel on this, I think it was yesterday, like caring about what is happening over there. And I don't like to speak directly about current events and politics, but I am speaking about the crisis in Israel. Doesn't do anything for me, even though I'm a Jew. What does it do to be bent out of shape about anything that does not affect me on the day to day, except serve as a further, further distraction? It's crazy. It's almost, it's not almost, in rebelling against the tyranny of government, the oppressor, the war, we're almost playing into it because we're reacting to it in the same way that a lot of women will seek to get a reaction out of their man because better to get a reaction out of their man than not, even if the reaction is something negative. Like, it's fucking crazy, but I hear you, dude. That sucks. But I had to cut all that out, all that unfair shit, all the tyranny, all that. It's real, and I can't do anything about it, so I choose to not pay attention. I, it's not burying my head in the sand, but I can't affect anything. I used to be a news hound. 
all that shit. But it sucks. I've never seen, I was not aware that news sites are literally banned because they refuse to. It's that's, that's extortion. Pay me protection money or, and I won't torture business. That's a hundred percent it, man. And, um, there's, there's a lot of funky things going on in, in Canadian politics over the last few years. And, and the, the, one of the things that I, I think it flies under the radar because it's not as theatrical as American politics. It's all sleight of hand, smoke and mirrors. And like, you just, you could watch like the house of parliament for four and a half hours. And there's like six minutes where they'll sneak in like, Oh, and by the way, we're banning this type of weapon. And also there's like, uh, I don't know. They do it in the States as well, where they hide things in bills where it's bills, like, yeah. Hey, Hey, this is a bill about childhood education. And for some reason it's discussing like money going overseas. Like, why is that happening? Like the, right. let's focus these bills on one thing at a time. But I, um, I, I have, Oiled with with like kind of the 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 different philosophies of like should I worry about this should I be aware of everything should I be aware of nothing and just focus on myself uh, and and kind of the way that I am right now is like I'm gonna be aware of like the forecast but I'm still just gonna stick to doing what I do yeah and it's like that way I know of any immediate threats but like anything and. and Anything important, most people will talk about, I'll hear about it. And uh, if I hear about something that's fucked up, I'll research it to know about why. But uh, like I said, that doesn't substitute anything in my routine that gets added in. Good. So like, I'm still sticking to me. I, I And I think that there's been a lot of Canadians that have reached out to me over the last couple of years uh, because I'm pretty outspoken about you know, what I think about every controversial topic that comes up every month or two. But um, there's been a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm going to start the work when I finally get my visa so I can go to the States, so I can get to the land of opportunity. Oh, I'm not going to even try and pursue this because the government's going to do this or that or this or that. That's the biggest cop-out. Telling your future that you couldn't do it because of the government is the biggest cop-out. That's like all the pussies that I dealt with that that said that they gained 50 pounds because of COVID. Bitch, I I lost 40 pounds during COVID. People still use excuses about COVID as to why they can't progress their life or the government or they need their visa. My mentor got ripped in prison. I've never been to prison, but dudes get ripped in prison. Don't tell me you can't do it out in the free world. Like, yeah. All that shit is excuses, but it's a way of not doing. Procrastination is is yeah. nonsense. It's it, perfectionism. It has to be the perfect time. It's never the perfect time. None of yeah. that. Shit. But that that's that's what I'm saying is like there's a huge difference between like being hyper vigilant, hyper aware, and, and like all you're doing is just ingesting news and and like strategically like okay i need to know this 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 because it might impact my business it might impact this it might impact that whatever it could be uh, i might need to stock up on this i might need to get some of that maybe get some clean drinking water whatever it could be like i'm going to be aware of my surroundings i'm going to have situational awareness but i'm still like regiment and i think that there's this weird yeah, everyone's got to find their balance, man, because you don't want to be completely ignorant, but you also don't want to be that zombie of just like, okay, I'm just going to suck the nuts of every fucking news organization until I just like completely rot away into this black pill of fucking no hope. It's like, yeah, I dude, you got to be the shining light. 
Dude, I, I confuse being empowered with being enlightened. I thought the more I knew about what was going on, the better I was. But the more I knew about what was going, whatever, what was going on, the less I knew about what was going on inside. And so now I just say, fuck that. But you clearly have found a way to do it. Yo, this was tons of fun. Next time, round four, we're going to talk about the crisis of masculinity. I, I want, I want that. That's next round. Dude, so on much love note. in New York City. My, my Canadian brother. I, I, I love this, Mark. I appreciate this. Much love and peace out, brother. On the topic of masculinity, I'm heading to the gun range. So handle business. Love <laughs> Much straight. love and peace out, brother. Use lube. I will.